So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where we help you grow your photography business by winning more bookings maximizing your profits and helping you break through limiting beliefs. If you would like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of this podcast, head on over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. That is benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, where this episode, today's episode is currently being seen. Honestly, people are seeing this months before you did. They're in the group. They're also seeing visual references. Any references that are made here during today's airing are going to be featured uh, in the group as well because it is a video. So not only do you get to hear myself and Anami, but you get to see us. And I got to tell you, Anami and I, we're sporting the pink today. We're looking clean. We're looking fresh. She popped into the video and I was like, we look the same. This is so good. But please join over 19,000 other photographers there in that group. So today we have Anami Tonkin with us today. She started her photography business the same year I did, 2010, Mega Pixie Photography. And she thought it'd be simple. She thought that if she built it, they would come. Well, it turns out it's a bit more complicated than that. And so Anami, she put her, uh, her head down and she came up with... Uh, a different way. She came up with a new system and she's been teaching photographers this system ever since, hundreds of photographers. And uh, and I, I'm completely blown away by what she's done. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking about her portrait membership model. She's got a couple really powerful systems. This is the one we're gonna focus on today, a membership model for portrait photography. Anami, welcome to today's episode. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. It's always fun to chat. And I feel like um, you and I share a very like business mind. So um, so I think this is going to be great. I'm excited for everybody who's listening. Yes. Okay. So did you begin Megapixie Photography in North Carolina? I did. Um, yep. It was the year that my younger son was born. I was in the middle of a grad pro grad school program that I was not super happy with and was just kind of having this existential crisis of like, where's my career going? What do I want to do? And I had always enjoyed photography and decided to take some time off of the master's program and never went back. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Now it sounded smooth right there. You, you took some time off and you never went back. 
<laughs> was it that smooth? Was there just like, did it just, did it happen to just work for you right away? Or was there a struggle period where you were figuring it out? Uh, I wish I could say it happened right away, right? Wouldn't that be great? Um, well, let me ask you this. When you first started, if we started the same year, mm -hmm. did you start with in-person sales? Was that like off the bat? Because I feel like at that time, it was very, there was like shoot and burn, which was extremely frowned upon at that point because um, digital was still new enough. And I felt like there was a lot of like, oh, she's just a shoot and burn photographer. And then there was in-person sales. So did you do IPS from the get-go or have you ever? Yeah, have I? Yes. I, so, so I currently do IPS, uh, mm -hmm. a very, a very, um, like, honestly, it's a pretty refined version of it. But yeah. when I first started, I've always offered print. It's yeah. just that when I first began, it was, you get the, you get prints, like you get a whole thing. And it was a very like haphazard email afterwards that was like, Hey, do you want more? Yeah. Um, but print and physical products from day one have always been a part of the service that I've given. I was never a, here's your gallery. Um, yeah. it was always, let me drop off the album that was included in the collection that you purchased from us. Nice. Yeah. And so what you were doing there really was training your clients and yourself to, you know, figure out how to put that into the into the workflow. And I'm now you're doing that to maximize profit, which is um, <laughs> fantastic. But yeah, so I started out with in-person sales. And so from the, you know, pretty early on in my business, it was, it was doing well in terms of like my per session uh, sales averages. So I did, I did some stuff right at the beginning. Um, and I developed a wonderful, pretty loyal um, group of Clients, I've in the beginning I was doing weddings and portraits, and now I've for the past five or six years I've only done family portraits. Um, and uh, yeah, smooth is a relative term, but I was able to quit my quote unquote day job and go full time with photography, and I was doing that. Um, and then you know, some people listening may know the story, but the brief version is I was married. Um, and then in 2017, so my business was seven years old, I got divorced and that was like a big reckoning point for mm -hmm. me because whereas my per session income was pretty good, it wasn't enough overall to support myself with my new single income situation. Um, and so, but because I was doing in-person sales and the way that I was doing it was quite time intensive. There was a lot of, you know, scheduling and actually meeting and driving back and forth and all of the different things. Um, and there's a fair amount of overhead with in-person sales, the way I was doing it with samples and all that sort of stuff. I basically at that point had to figure out how I could free up my time so that I could take on more clients mm. so that I could make, but I, but I needed to keep my sales averages up. So that's sort of where, the original system that you were talking about that you mentioned, um, which is called the simple sales system was born. That was basically, I took seven years of in-person sales experience, all the things that I knew that worked with IPS and um, the reasons that people bought or the ways that people talked them into themselves into spending more money. Um, I took those and kind of packaged them up as a, as a semi-automated, but like highly efficient system where I didn't have to do the in-person part of the selling anymore. Um, 
but was able to get the same kind of results. So anyway, that, that was a big turning point in my business, um, about five years ago now. And, um, since then it has gone much more smoothly. So you also host the podcast. This can't be that hard, correct? That this can't be that hard podcast, which is yep. such a fun name. I love, <laughs> I love, I love that. Um, so the naming of this can't be that hard. Is this, is it, is that largely coming from the idea of IPS can't be that hard building a business can't be that hard. Where did that naming kind of, uh, what was it inspired by? Well, it actually goes back to, um, <laughs> when I was a young adult, I would, you know, sit down to do my taxes, which was like a relatively straightforward thing at the time, or I would sit down to any of the things that we now call adulting, like these yeah these things that like, they seemed complicated, signing up for a 401k or, you know, I don't know, applying for a mortgage, like all those things seemed complicated. And I was like, you know what, if all these other yahoos in the world can get this done, (laughs) I can do it too. This can't be that hard. Like I would give myself a pep talk about how to, you know, get through just the normal stuff. And then I found myself saying that a lot when I was trying to um, start my business. And then again, in that transitional time in my life in 2017, I was sort of, that was, it was almost my mantra, like, okay, you can do this. This can't be that hard. Um, And so, yeah, when I stepped up my education business and started the podcast, was thinking about names. Anami Tonkin is a hard name for people to remember and spell and all that sort of stuff. So I, I try to steer clear of my actual name for my businesses and this can't be that hard was born. I love it. Are you familiar? It it reminds me of um, Marie Forleo has a book that she released maybe a year or two ago called everything is figure outable. Have you heard of that? (laughs) I think I have. That's funny. I haven't read the book, uh, but it just reminds me of that. It's like, this can't be that hard. Everything is figure outable. It's 2020, soon to be two. We've got Google. Okay. This is so cool. So um, I want to talk about when did the idea of an actual reoccurring membership model uh, take place for you for your portraiture? Um, was that something that was uh, uh, early on you had kind of started with that or did you discover this at some point in your career? So in 2017, I, I feel like I almost went back to the studs on the house of my business. Like yeah. everything was examined for, am I spending money needlessly? Am I leaving money on the table? Like mm-hmm. how can I make my time more efficient? All that sort of stuff. So I got simple sales up and running and it really did free up a lot of time. It took a lot of pressure off my income, but then I had, um, I have an old ankle injury hmm. that was causing some like increased chronic pain, the joys of getting older. And, um, and so I had, you know, gone and seen a couple of doctors about it and they were like, yeah, you would benefit from this minor surgery. And I was like, well, how, you know, I have to walk to, to do my job, how long is that going to take me to recover? And they were like, Oh, it's no big deal. It's a couple of weeks. Um, and so I scheduled it for December of 2018. Um, and, and with the idea that I would just, you know, kind of recover over the holidays and then be back, um, up and running at the beginning of 2020, uh, 2019. Yeah. And, um, I woke up and the damage in my ankle was a lot worse than they had anticipated. Like the MRI didn't really show it. And, um, and so they had done a much more extensive surgery and I was non weight bearing. So I was on crutches for close to three months. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
that really was like a second wake up call where I was like, okay, you've got all your systems dialed in, everything's going great. But if you can't work, you're not making money. Like you actually have to show up and do the job to make money. And so again, I was in this sort of crisis mode of like, okay, how can I repair this? How can I, how can I make a business model with our business, which you really do have to show up and do the work, Mm -hmm. but how can I make that a little safer? How can I make it so that I can rely on money every single month? Mm. And, um, you know, there are memberships for everything out there these days, but I hadn't really come across anybody doing photography memberships. And I could understand why, like there are a few barriers to, you know, well, how do you set that up and what are they paying for? And like, how can we make this all work? But, um, but I did some brainstorming, storming about that. And, um, and, you know, a lot of my clients, family photography clients, they want photos every year, but there are a couple of things that are in their way, right? So it's expensive and it's like a big lump sum all at once. Um, It's kind of a, it's one of those things that people have to kind of like a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people have to kind of build up their momentum for like, okay, I think we want to do a portrait session and we'll schedule it a few months in advance. And there's, you know, there's a fair amount to it. So there's it, my clients are generally pretty busy people. They have little kids, they're, you know, they have jobs. Um, so I was like, how can I make this as easy and affordable without sacrificing my own income? Yeah. And so, um, so in the summer of 2019, ahead of my busy season, which is the fall, um, I launched a portrait membership to my existing clients. So people that I had already worked with, I didn't want to sign somebody up who was like, an unknown entity. Um, and I used, uh, a couple of strategies to do that. Like, uh, are you familiar with the term price anchoring? Absolutely. So you'll know, um, I knew that people were used to paying, these people were used to paying my prices. Like they knew what my pricing looked like. So I wanted to Do you mind if we talk roughly like what, what that looked like? Not at all. So, um, my clients, simple sales kind of narrows it down in terms of what they're going to spend people will spend a minimum of 1250 when they hire me. Um, and then that ranges up to 1800 and then they can spend more on portrait or on print stuff. But the, um, so people were used to spending at that time, you know, like I think my sales average that year was probably in the 1600 range. Um, and so they were used to spending that with me. And what I was offering was I took, some money off the top of that and then divided it by 12. So, you know, now their credit card is on file and it just gets charged every month rather than them having to be like, okay, does the budget accommodate that $1,500 or that $2,000 spend right now? Um, So they're signed up for that. And then from that, they get a single portrait session over the course of the year. Um, And it's pretty straightforward. I build in some print credit so that they're able to have, um, you know, to get some professional prints. And I do all of that in a way that still maintains what, you know, what I call my MSA, my minimum sales average, what I need to make per session. But they know that they're getting a better deal than they would if they like quit the membership and came and hired me separately. Um, And then I have a few other sort of incentives that are built into the membership things like they have ongoing gallery access or they have, um, I don't do mini sessions and I offer 
my members get access to do these one-off mini sessions mm-hmm. that they pay for, but they can do that, you know, I don't know if they get a new puppy or if their parents are in town from out of town or something like that. Um, so that summer in 2019, I put together a sort of a launch, you know, I, I pitched it to all of my clients. I gave them a limited amount of time to sign up and, um, and, a bunch of them did sign up. So I had like, I think that first year I had 35 members um, and I gave them a few different options. So there was like the basic tier and then there were a couple of other tiers Um, and it was great. It went off kind of without a hitch. I invested in some booking software so that they could go in and self-schedule their, um, their sessions. I made it so that they were booking twice a year. So it was a little bit more straightforward for me. I gave them early access to my calendar, which meant that, um, ahead of the busy season, they got to sort of like take the best dates Mm -hmm. and then other new clients that were getting in touch. I could just fill in the gaps, but it made it so that I could, um, really have a little bit more control over my, over my schedule. Um, and I had a really clear sense of this is how busy I'm going to be this month. This is how busy I'm going to be this month, which prior to the membership was really pretty haphazard. And I mean, I could guess because I knew historically what that was, but you know how it is. Sometimes it's hard to say no, even if you're like worked to the bone, it's hard to say no when somebody calls you up and says, here's a bunch of money. Will you work for me? This made it (laughs) a little bit yeah, this made it a little bit easier for me to be able to say no, because I was like, I'm still okay. Next month, I've got this much money coming in. Um, so that all happened in 2019. Things were off to a good start. And then um, and then 2020 happened. And, um, and it was really kind of crazy because, I mean, it was crazy for a lot of reasons, but um, whereas essentially every other photographer that I knew went into exactly the situation that I was in when I broke my, or when my ankle surgery went sideways. Um, in, in my case, those credit card payments just kept coming in every month. And so, um, I felt extremely fortunate that my bills were paid. My kids were fed, you know, like all of the things that you worry about. Um, in particular, in my case, being that my income was the only one. So, um, so it was a real lifesaver. And, uh, and at this point, the membership is now full. Um, and so I just do sort of an annual re-up where most people stay with it. And then if somebody drops out, I offer a spot to another client, but it's actually become a marketing tool because now I, I sort of talk about it on my website, but of course people can't sign up until they've worked with me. Um, so a lot of people will ask about it Uh, And they love the idea. It's just a very kind of like, oh, great, we can set it and forget it with um, family photography. We're committing to ourselves that we're getting annual family photos and uh, we're doing it in a way that's budget friendly. Yeah. So many questions. This is great. I love this. Thank you for unpacking this. So many questions for you. Um, I I want to, um, I want to define a few things here just for clarity. So when you say family photography, Um, is there limitations that you have to this? Like, um, I remember when I first started off into this whole photography career and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'll photograph some babies. I'll photograph some families. I'll photograph some seniors, throw a wedding or two in there. We'll see what I like. But I remember going to photograph a family session that, that quickly turned into a pet 
new pet session. And mm-hmm. then also, um, their, 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 uh, daughter came with her new daughter and then it was like a newborn session, not a newborn, but like this little toddler yeah. session. And it kind of kept evolving into things. So when you say you're a, for family portraiture, um, what are the limitations that you've put around this? That's a great question. Um, and I feel like this is one of those things where I'm going to tell you what I do, but I also want to encourage people to really think these kinds of things through for themselves. Like in a, I think when we start these businesses, oftentimes we look at other people and say, well, how are they doing? And I'll just do what they're doing. Sure. Sometimes you gotta like really think through whether something is going to work for you. Um, I am very much a, like, I'm happy to however you define family, I'll show up and photograph it. So if you're, I mean, with, with some limitations, I suppose if someone had like a pet lion that they wanted me to photograph, (laughs) I would want to know about that. Um, but yeah, so dogs, grandparents, like all the sort of semi-normal things that come up, um, I'm more than happy to accommodate. And I tell them that upfront, like I, I will give them permission. I do give some directions around that. Like I'll say, okay, great. Your parents live in town and you'd like to involve them for the, for this shoot because they're a big part of your mm-hmm. day-to-day life. Great. No problem. How would you feel about having them come for like the last 15 minutes of the shoot? And we'll sort of do those like grandkids on the grandparents laps, kind of, mm-hmm. excuse me, kind of photos because oftentimes it will change the dynamics if um, of like just the, the family unit if other people start to show up. So I do try and give directions and pointers. If they have a new puppy that's like a big puppy or something like that, I might say, great, let's make sure if I'm coming to your house, no problem. We'll do some with the dog and then we'll put them away. Um, if we're going out somewhere, you know, maybe we make sure that we bring a leash or maybe your, you know, nanny or somebody comes so that somebody can be the dog wrangler. Mm-hmm. Although I have definitely been the dog wrangler plenty of times. <laughs> Um, so I'm very open about that sort of thing. I actually just had one of my members contact me. She had signed up for, uh, her session was supposed to be not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And she said, we're having a memorial 5k for my cousin that morning. And I would love for you to come and just photograph at the end of the 5k, like the whole family together. Mm -hmm. And I did push back on that one. I was like, first of all, that's amazing. And I am honored that you would ask me to do that. Second, does the whole family know that this is your idea? And are you, (laughs) are you confident that everyone is on board with that? Because being photographed at the end of a 5k, (laughs) even if it's not emotional is kind of a thing, but, um, but add in layers of emotion and, you know, angry uncles or whatever. I was like, I don't want to, (laughs) I don't want to cause drama. Um, and so anyway, she, and I was like, and these photos will be very different from what we normally do Mm -hmm. and what you get every year. So do you want to do that? So I, I do put, I have conversations with people about that sort of thing, but I'm pretty flexible. Yeah, it's great. So, um, and I'm trying to, I want to make sure I understand this. So you have the membership model that's currently full. Um, but it sounded like, and again, correct me here. It sounded like though you're still doing some one-offs that those people could eventually get offered a membership slot when one opens. So, so you've got your membership clients, but then you're still doing one-offs on occasion. Is that correct? Or did I miss the mark? No, you're absolutely right. And I, so, and I teach how to, how I set uh, this membership up and how I encourage other people to do it. Cause there are a lot of those kinds of decisions to make 
And there aren't, as far as I know, I haven't really come across too many photographers doing memberships aside from the ones that I've coached on how to do it. But um, the, uh, what I recommend with that is that um, you dial that in with a pretty specific balance. So I actually think that from a longevity perspective, unless you're planning to retire in the next few years where you can just kind of let your membership fade out Mm -hmm. with like normal attrition, you really do have to be keeping an eye on like, well, how many people do I, am I going to have to offer this to if somebody drops out? And of course, most memberships aren't going to fill up the first time. Mine certainly didn't. And I don't think I've had a a student who has set a, this is how many members I am interested in taking on and then gotten that right off the bat. Um, That would, that would be an amazing feat. Um, (laughs) But it, it, because it's a new concept for people, right? There is a fair amount of education that's required and, um, and, you know, people like to see, oh, is she still offering that next year when it comes up? So, um, so yeah, I think that the balance is the right balance is around 70, 30. So if you set your goal, let's say that you want to take on, uh, I'm going to try and come, let's we'll say a hundred portrait clients in a year. Mm-hmm. We'll keep the math easy. Yeah. Um, if you want to take on a hundred portrait clients per year and that will pay your, your bills, um, basically what you would do is you would set your goal membership between 65 and 70 and if and when you would fill that, then you would have, you know, X amount of money that was sort of baked in. And then the rest of it would be slightly more profitable, but it would also be sort of feeding that um, membership going forward. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. What, uh, what are some of the hurdles? What are some of the pitfalls that you've encountered or students have encountered of yours that we could maybe have an eye on and try to avoid if approaching this model? Yeah. So, um, there are a few there, well, there's a fair amount of like tech and legal stuff to consider. Mm. Um, you're talking about recurring payments. There are a couple of CRMs out there or one, at least that I know of (laughs) HoneyBook. (laughs) Oh, does HoneyBook do? Which one are you thinking of? I was thinking of Dubsado. Oh, I didn't realize. So Dubsado can run credit cards on reoccurring? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I, I mean, just knew I HoneyBook could do it. I don't use it, and yeah. I don't use HoneyBook either, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so a couple of the CRMs can do it. And okay. then um, if not, you know, there are some solutions out there. and they're, But, they're, you know, it's not apples to apples when you're shopping for them. There's, like, some there's some stuff to consider in terms of, like, do you want to be paying a one-time fee for that? Mm-hmm. That's bigger. Do you want to pay a subscription? You know, yeah. different, different strokes. Um, and then from a, and then there's like the booking stuff. And I feel like that can be a little bit daunting for people. Just like a, it's not hard. It's just something to like, think about how do you want to manage these people? Like the because scheduling now, side of things. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the, the onus really becomes on you as the, you're running this membership you have to follow up with your members. And I, even I have a few members who are just like, they drag their feet and like the year is coming to a close. And I'm like, we still haven't done your session. How are we going to get that done? Um, So dealing with that, how to deal with that. Um, Legally speaking, it really is a different model. So, you know, you think about if somebody starts paying you in August, let's say a hundred dollars a month or $150 a month. And then you do their session in the fall. Mm -hmm. 
but they've only paid you $300 by the time you do the session, you know, how does that work? Do they get their photos? Do they, um, do you have to, do they wait until the end of the year to get their photos? What if they get their photos and then they don't pay you, you know, they cancel their credit card and run off. Like legally speaking, you kind of have to, hopefully, since I'm encouraging people to work with exclusively clients that they have worked with in the past, hopefully that doesn't happen, you know, just from a trust perspective, but, um, but it'll happen. It'll happen. (laughs) It will. (laughs) Yeah, it'll happen. Um, so then the question is, have you protected yourself? Have you written a contract or gotten a lawyer to write a contract that, you know, that makes it so that you're covered for that? Yeah. So those kinds of things are really the, the hiccups that people run into. It's, um, it's not, a hugely complicated process, but it's good to kind of get it, get your ducks in a row from the get go. That first year I made a handful of mistakes. One of them being not, uh, not only selling it to my past clients. Um, I mostly sold it to past clients, but a few people were contacting me around that time. And I was like, Oh, and I'm launching this (laughs) membership. And uh, fortunately, those all worked out okay, but they're definitely like clients that I probably would not have invited into the membership, or one of them is. Yeah, yeah, because now you got to see these people every year. You've got to like, <laughs> you've got to like, you you listen. Everyone's got their story of nightmare clients, but imagine if you get a nightmare client on a on a reoccurring membership where you've yeah. got to like keep talking to this person all the time. So, so, okay. So I'm curious about this. Like, what about not you like unused sessions? Like, um, I just, listen, I got three kids. I'd love to have a family session every year, but there's a reason that we haven't had a family session every year. And, uh, it's just like things happen. Life gets crazy. And I imagine that that's something that comes up a decent amount of times. Mm -hmm. And, um, so what happens when, let's say it doesn't get booked in or someone's like, listen, Anami, this has been great. I know we've paid you five payments uh, for this year, but we're moving. Can, you know, is, what can we do with this? What, what can we do with this money? Can you, can we get a refund? How are you handling those conversations? Yeah. Um, and I live in a relatively, uh, transients the wrong word, but there's a fair amount of, we have three big universities where I live. So a lot Mm. of people will come here for a few years and then move on. Okay. Yeah. Um, So so I do have that situation come up. Um, and I, I'm very straightforward with people that the membership is the money goes one way in the membership. (laughs) Um, there are no refunds with the membership, but the, the, but again, they've worked with me before. They know that I'm not going to like take their money and run. Yeah. Um, so in a situation like that, sorry. No, you're great. I was just thinking, well, and they're also, they're getting, while it goes one way, they're also getting a discount for it. They're getting, yeah, like oh, yeah. the, you know, it's, it's, so they're saving, there's a little risk on their end, but they are saving. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, legally speaking, I'm also obligated to deliver for them. So it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not as though hopefully it doesn't feel too risky for them, but if a situation arises where they're like, well, we're leaving, I try and get the session scheduled before they leave. And if that's not possible, I say, that's fine. You can, anytime you come back to visit, we can schedule your, um, your session. And I have a, I have sort of a tail, coverage, if you will, after their membership, if they leave the membership, they have six months to fulfill everything that they get as part of the membership. So if they have, if they've missed a session or if they still have outstanding print credit to use or anything like that, they have six months that's in the contract. I remind them of that. And I will say that one of the things 
I think um, when I talk about the fact that like systems are my jam, like I'm yeah. all about systems, I'm all about automation. Um, the reason that I do those things, the reason that I set those things up strategically in certain parts of my business is that it frees me up to be really um have like extreme contact with my clients when I think it matters. So I don't need to have the same conversation with people over and over again to talk to them about what to wear or like how to prep for their session and things like that. Like I don't, I used to do that. I used to meet with people in my studio and they'd come in and we'd have like a pre-session consultation Mm -hmm. where I would walk them through all this stuff. And that was time consuming for me. It was repetitive for me. Um, but it was also time consuming for them and it forced them to like make an appointment and do it right then and not necessarily have like ongoing access to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, all that stuff is automated, but that frees me up to, if I've got that, and of course we all do, if I have a client who like needs extra handholding or needs me to call them 15 times to get the session scheduled or whatever, I can do that. And I do do that. And I have full permission to do that because they're paying, like they're my client. They have signed up for a membership. I know they want that thing. Nobody has ever been like, you're hounding me to get this session that you owe me scheduled. (laughs) Um, so it, I think it, uh, it works great. Most people are happy to what I have found. And I use, um, Calendly to get them to self schedule. Mm. And so I give them a week where I'm like, okay, the schedule's open for the next six months. Go put your date on there and closer to the date, we'll double check that the date still works and that, you know, we'll fine tune the time and location and all that sort of thing. But they have that date on the calendar and that just makes it so much easier for everybody because, you know, when you know something is coming up, you can plan around it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time works okay, yeah. great. I'm, I'm, I'm catching that, like I keep hearing you reemphasize that this is something that you want to offer to past clients that you that you know, like, and trust. People that you'd want to work with, that it's been a great experience. And um, yeah, that that's I feel like that's a reoccurring statement that you keep having, the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And so then do sessions roll over? Like if we miss one in 2020, do I get two in 2021? Yeah, so I've had a couple of clients who I have um, my you know, sometimes people have babies or that sort of thing. And so sometimes, I mean, I'm only now in year three of my membership. So I probably haven't had every potential, you know, version yeah. of these situations, but I have had people ask to like, I want to delay and we'll do two next year. And I'm totally, I'm very flexible with that. The first year I actually had implemented or I had written some policies into the membership that were stricter about that. Um, and then COVID hit. And of course we all had to become yeah. super flexible with everything. Yep. And what I found is that for the most part, offering that flexibility allows people to feel better about saying yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they most of the time don't necessarily need to take advantage of that flexibility. Yeah. So one of the things that I teach in my course is sort of thinking through worst case scenarios in terms of, <laughs> What if every single person in your membership signed up for a session in the fall instead of like spreading it out over the year? And like you couldn't you couldn't take on a single other client or you were overbooked before you even started the season. Like how Mm -hmm. how would you manage that? How do you avoid those kinds of hurdles? And that I think that those kinds of things, like I said, it's a membership is great. And there's so many benefits to um, this model in an industry where 
we have so, I mean, you know, I, for years, 10 years, almost, I was doing the whole, like, I wonder if I'm going to make any money next month. Um, weddings are a little bit better because you've got more lead time. Usually you're booked in advance with portraits, you know, it's, it's usually a month, maybe. Um, if you're really established and you've got a, you know, a thriving business, you might be a few months out, but for the most part, people are booking pretty quickly. And so there's always that question of drop-off and, um, memberships really do stabilize it a lot. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. You're right. I mean, as a wedding photographer, it's great. I know what 2022 looks like. I've like, I've got it set. Uh, the calendar is booked, the years are out and I can schedule all my vacations around all the things. Yep. And this would kind of open up some possibilities for that. So, um, for, for your average, uh, membership, I, you, you, you walked through it briefly at the beginning. Um, but I wanted to kind of narrow back in on it. What, what do people get? Like when they're paying for a membership, like, is it, is it like just an hour session and they get that and the images, um, you mentioned some print credit stuff, but like, what is the expectation from your clients for what they're going to receive? So the, and this kind of gets into a bigger conversation because, um, there's price anchoring and then there's also sort of expectations anchoring. And Mm -hmm. so, um, it's a little hard to answer this without going into like the whole way my whole <laughs> everything. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but basically, I don't with my with simple sales. It is not all inclusive in terms of you don't get all the digital files when you purchase a session. Um, there are sort of it's a staggered thing. So um, so then once they've been through that uh, sales scenario. I don't even know what to call it. Um, when they have gone through that process, they are sort of educated and they understand, okay, you know, digital files are not the end all be all of what I get from a session. I also want to have prints. They have been trained to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, with, but when they come into the membership, one of the big perks is that every tier of the membership does include all of the digital files, but they still get that print credit. So it's like a, wow, I can get all that and it's going to be less expensive and I'm going to, you know, so it, it ends up being, um, I always like to make as much (laughs) of, I like to make offers that are no brainer offers for people um, as often as possible. So the, um, So, yeah, so that is, they are getting their digital files. They're getting print credit. They get a whole bunch of little kind of, um, you know, I mentioned the mini sessions. There are some other things like that. And I, I think I mentioned as well, there are three tiers that I offer. So there's sort of like the base tier and then, you know, the second tier. And I include a studio portrait session for the kids for my second tier. And the top tier is, um, for my client, for my members, it's an album. Hmm. And the way that I teach that. So the cool thing with memberships is it does not have to be family sessions. I have students who are doing, um, you know, commercial type work Mm -hmm. on a membership basis. Um, I have weddings. (laughs) I said weddings (laughs) for each marriage. (laughs) That's right. That's that might work for somebody. Um, (laughs) that'd be a long, hopefully long range kind of a plan, but the, um, yeah, pets. I mean, there's a lot of different fields that that could be applied to. I also have a couple of filmmakers like family film type, um, makers who are making, yeah, who are making that more like a top tier membership, whereas stills only are included in the bottom tier membership. And so we talk about how, 
you know, pricing, there's so much strategy that goes into pricing and presenting an offer to someone. And so you have to think about like, okay, what do they need? And then what are those like aspirational things? And how do we price that in such a way that like, it's a small enough jump. Like once you've sold them on the base, like how do we bump them up to the, to the next tiers? But you're also having to make sure that you're keeping a close eye on how much time you're committing to because overall, you know, my members, hands down, that is the best deal in my business. Like mm-hmm. if you can get into the membership, you will be getting the most for the least. But um, but it is, you know, it's still I have to make sure that that still works for me and works for my bottom line. Yeah. And yeah, so it just takes some some good thought processes at the beginning. This is awesome. Anami, you've given the listeners so many ideas. So everyone's gears are turning right now. I can hear them throughout the entire nation. Uh, Anami, where can people find more about this, find more about you, the the system and, and, uh, and reach out to you? Yeah. So, um, the course that I teach about memberships is called revenue on repeat. Um, but, and you can find that on my website at this can be that hard.com slash revenue. Um, and then if you're interested in learning about the simple sales system, I teach a free masterclass that is that you can also, um, find on the website. That one's front and center. Cause that's sort of my main system that I teach. Um, and then, yeah, you can also tune into the podcast. If Ben is not giving you, uh, if once you've consumed all of his stuff, you can pop over to this can't be that hard. That's awesome. Thank you yeah. so much on You've got so many great resources. This can't be that hard podcast. Uh, podcast listeners, make sure you go check that out as well. Anami, thank you for being here uh, with us today. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in today. This was one that was just very practical, very eye-opening, and I hope it did the same thing that it did for myself. If you'd like to get a chance to uh, take a look and watch this, um, the video of this podcast is going to be available in the mastermind group, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Just go ahead and search for Anami's name and this video will pop up. A-N-N. E-M-I-E, Anami. Yes, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Podcast listeners, thank you again for listening. We'll see you in the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until then, keep showing up.